Hello and welcome to Taxed and Wasted by the Australian Taxpayers Alliance. I'm Emilio Garcia, and uh, we're going to jump into today's podcast with a topic that I almost didn't touch because by now every man and his dog has a hot take on this issue. But I think I'd be remiss if I didn't mention it because it does really um, square into the topic of big government overregulation and giving the government the power to regulate your life uh, to this degree. So by now, I'm sure if you don't live under a rock, you've seen the video of the woman in Victoria, the pregnant woman who was arrested for sharing a Facebook post uh, about an anti-lockdown protest happening in Victoria. This morning, another man was arrested far more dramatically. The police actually broke his door, went in, dragged him onto the ground, and arrested him for, in a live stream, saying that he would be attending a protest on his personal Facebook page. And I don't mean to get into the whole hot take debate that's going on online, and I'm not trying to um, insert myself into that conversation because everyone is already having it. But I do just want to bring it back to the angle of big government. Because in Victoria, it seems what has happened is that we've just allowed the government to get to the point where they can make the decision unilaterally that saying that they're going to demonstrate against the government is an offense that is an incitement uh, to people to do something dangerous all under the cover of protecting people against COVID-19. And if anything, I think we, we obviously can be preoccupied by the implications on people's freedom from this, but what we shouldn't forget when having this conversation is the problem with having a government that has the unilateral ability to pass regulations on your speech, on the way that you communicate, and on the things that you say, or on anything on anything that, that they want just to keep their citizens safe. That was power that we the people gave to the government. Now, I'm not in Victoria myself, I'm not a voter, but remember, the only reason that a politician would ever change their mind, would ever change their action, the only reason that they would ever have to give you a concession is if you're willing not to vote for them. So if you're a labor voter, a liberal voter, Nats, whatever you are, if the person that you generally vote for hasn't spoken out strongly against this or, the, or has supported the arrest of people who speak about certain protests that they don't find kosher, you need to be willing to not give them your vote anymore. Otherwise, they have no reason to support your position and to change theirs. So that's where I'll leave it. The, I'll, I'll leave the, the hot takes to the people scouring around the internet. Um, we're going to move now to an issue that's pretty interesting here in, in New South Wales. Now, obviously, we pay our bureaucrats too much. We pay our public servants way too much in New South Wales. But it turns out, not only are we paying our current public servants huge amounts of money, we're also paying former public servants, huge amounts of money. Now, how is this happening? Well, it turns out that former premiers and governors are entitled to certain government monies, certain taxpayer funds. 
recently it came out that Bob Carr and Nick Grenier, both former um, premiers of New South Wales, are cashing in around $400,000 each every year to cover certain stationary transportation and administrative costs that the taxpayer is giving over to them. And my immediate question is, why on earth would the taxpayer be paying for the transportation, stationary, and administrative costs of former employees? I, I had a job before I worked at the ATA. I had a few jobs. And none of them pay me anymore. Because <laughs> I was working there and I got the benefits and the salary and all that while I was working for them. Now that I've left that job, they don't pay me anymore. Once I leave the ATA, they won't pay me. I mean, you know, if they want to, I'd be happy to take their money. But, you know, the ATA wouldn't pay me anymore. But yet, we're still giving them money for their stationery and their administrative costs and their transportation. And, you know, money is fungible. So even if it's not money that's going directly into their pockets, um, it, you know, it's still money that they're not spending themselves because they have it at the taxpayer's expense. Since 2012, former premiers and governors have cashed in almost $7 million. So $6,850,000 has been spent on former premiers and governors' expenses when it comes to administrative cost transportation and um, office supplies. And this is so stupid. Uh, Emily Dye was on Nine News. Emily Dye is the policy director. She was on Nine News recently talking about how it's, even though these governors and premiers are legally entitled to this money, they shouldn't be taking it because they should have a little bit of prudence that this is taxpayer dollars they're taking that could be better allocated elsewhere, and instead they're taking it for their own purposes. And I, I agree with her. Um, I would go a little further and say they shouldn't be entitled to it. They're no longer working for the state, so they shouldn't be getting our money anymore. And I think that that's just pretty straightforward and uncontroversial. Uh, but speaking of controversial spending, uh, a Tasmanian senator seems to have a similar affinity for spending his state's uh, taxpayer dollars on himself. So Tasmanian Senator Richard Kolbeck has decided to use taxpayer dollars to go to the footy. So uh, he has gone to the AFL quite a bit and He's charged the taxpayer for it. Now, you may be thinking, well, he went to the AFL. Uh, maybe he went there on some official uh, business, or he was taking some head of state or some, some premier from some other town, or, or he had some reason to be there. So how much money did he spend? A few hundred, maybe a couple of thousand, which wouldn't be great, but as you know, no. He has spent nearly $20,000 going to the footy. Now, I shouldn't say he has spent $20,000 uh, going to the footy. Rather, the more accurate way to put it is he has spent 20000 almost 20000 of your taxpayer dollars going to the footy. Now, obviously, there's several questions that have to be asked here. The first is, why would he feel entitled to take his taxpayer, his constituents' money the money of the people that he represents uh, for his own recreation. The second is, why would voters ever support someone who would spend their hard-earned money on his own recreation? And the third, and I think the most important one is, 
why on earth is he allowed to approve such an expenditure? See, if I have a corporate credit card here at the ATA, and that is given to me to undergo certain business for the ATA, so that means that I can take uh, somebody that is related to the ATA out for coffee, or I can pay for an expense for some kind of system that we use. That's what I use it for. If I take that and I just go to my favorite restaurants and I go to my favorite pubs and bars and whatever, that's a misuse of money. Even if I say, well, you know, it's important for the ATA that I be relaxed and well-fed and that's why I spent it, you know, obviously I would be fired. Uh, I mean, similar penalties should be, uh, <laughs> should be applied here. Uh, so obviously it's, it's, it's a bad thing when we allow our politicians to spend our money on their own uh, luxury and on their own recreation. Shouldn't be done, shouldn't be allowed. Uh, lastly, we're going to close up with a topic that's near and dear to the hearts of the Australian Taxpayers Alliance and the Australian taxpayers broadly, which is mandatory superannuation. Now, I'll start off by premising that I understand that many people in Australia are very happy with their superannuation. Uh, many people in Australia understand the importance of saving for retirement. Uh, they understand the importance of investing and making sure that their money is working for them and not just devaluing every year in their uh, savings account. And that's perfectly fair. The problem with mandatory superannuation is, of course, it's a compelled amount from your paycheck every single month uh, that's basically taken from you because the government says, well, you're not responsible enough to plan for your own retirement, so we're going to take that money from you and we're going to put it here, and you actually have no choice in the matter. Now, you might think, I actually have bigger plans for my money. I, have, I, I actually have a plan of my own making to plan for my own retirement. Uh, but the government doesn't trust you enough. You're, 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 the, remember, the government doesn't believe that your money is your money or that you are responsible or intelligent enough to be responsible for your own future. But the problem is also the triple taxation. So what is the triple taxation of superannuation? Well, the triple taxation means that, of course, you make income and you're taxed regularly. All of your income is taxed uh, for income tax, just like it always would, right? That's pretty standard. But then a certain amount of your income is put into super, and you don't, again, that's, it's mandatory super. You can put more if you'd like, but a certain part of it is mandatory. But as it's deposited, that amount is taxed again. So now that part of your income has been taxed for income tax, and it has also been taxed for superannuation tax, for depositing it into your super. And then once you reach you know, the ripe age that you have reached and you're eligible to start making withdrawals, it's taxed on the way out again. So that income has now been taxed three times. Not good. But what's happening now? So first of all, it's clearly not a good deal. You're actually losing money. Uh, but what is happening now? It seems the government is still hell-bent on increasing the percentage of income that a person has to put into their super to 12%. So the mandatory amount is going to be raised to 12% of your income after taxes, which is insane, of course. And especially considering the fact that it's being planned now. I mean, they're, 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 it's not going to happen tomorrow, but we're still in recovery. It's going to take a long time for Australia to get back to where it was before. This economic crisis that we're in, the recession that we're in, is serious. And 
now they want to take some of our income and put it into our savings even more unconscionable first of all just let's let's not never accept the premise that the government has the right to say to us you're so stupid that we know better what to do with your money because if when we're talking about bad handling of money and a lack of responsibility when it comes to fiscal uh, to to fiscal standards the government takes the crown when it comes to stupidity so i trust you and i trust myself far more when it comes to how to treat my money and how to prepare than the government but another thing is the government shouldn't be able to continue to raise the amount of money that they think that you should put away simply because i don't know they're looking out for you no no more mandatory superannuation should not be a thing and if we can't get it revoked now then we certainly at least should not increase the amount and on that optimistic note uh we're going to say goodbye thank you very much for listening if you haven't already please don't forget to subscribe on apple itunes stitcher really wherever you get your podcast also follow us on facebook and subscribe on youtube to get the video version of the podcast and if you haven't already please become a member you can do so at taxpayers.org.au uh go there you get tons of benefits uh every month thank you once again for joining us for taxed and wasted we'll see you next week